All right, we'll say good morning. Today's daf is daf yud. A lot to do today. We left off on daf tes amud beis v'ha'ika. Two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven lines up from the bottom. I must have a lot of work to do today. So v'ha'ika So we'll remember again. The Mishnah was discussing the ways in which gitei nashim and shikruri avadim are similar, right? Gitei nashim divorce documents. Shechri Avadim, documents of emancipation. How are they similar? So remember again, the Brexit quoted three ways. Rabbi Meir had a fourth way. And the Gemara is trying to understand, are there not additional ways in which they are in fact similar? So the Gemara says, I Baha'i Rabbi says, what about the fact that both Kiti Nashim and Shechri Avadim have to be lishma, have to be written for the sake of a particular woman or the sake of a particular eved. So the Gemara says, Bishlama l'rabah, So according to Rabbah, okay, lishma is included because remember in the original list of comparisons, so one of them was molechumevi. Molechumevi, according to Rabbah, means lishma. However, elalurava kashya, but according to Rava, ultimately, why doesn't the Braisa list lishma visu bein lurava, bein lurava ha'ika mechuber? Rava say, furthermore, according to Rava and to Rava, there's another comparison, which is what? Mechuber. Rava say, mechuber means what? That aloha lemaisa, you cannot write, we actually spoke about this a few days ago, you can't write a get on something that is mechuber lekarka. So, for example, again, if I want to write a get on a tree, man wants to write a get on the tree, so that does not work. That does not work. Even if you write it, sign it, and subsequently detach it, that get would not be kasha because the get itself must be written on something that is talosh. That is not just halacha by gitei noshim. It's also halacha by shechuri avodim. So this is another comparison. So the Gemara says, Ki katani lo katani. To which the Gemara says, you're right. When we're speaking about the comparisons between gitei noshim and shechuri avodim, we're only, we're only speaking about comparisons that they share with things that are rabbinically in valid. But we are not going ahead and speaking about the things that are biblically invalid. To which the Gemara says, is that true? V'ha'arkos shall v'katoni. But I will say, one of the things, one of the comparisons that we made is that although normally a shtar that is made in our arkos in Gentile courts is not a valid shtar, but gitin, excuse me, I'm sorry. Even though normally shtaros that are made in a Gentile court are valid shtaros, gitin nashim and shechruri avadim, if they are done in a Gentile court, are not kosher documents. Now, I both say, now that invalidation is a biblical invalidation. In fact, Rashi points out over here, it's in the middle of the Rashi of Psula de Rabbanon. Rashi says, actually, right across in Tosos Milsa. So it says, So we'll say the Gemara makes a Joshua, which we'll see later on. Only those who have the ability to write the get are in the parsha alt or say only those who have the ability to give a get, in other words, are subject to the laws of Gitin, have the power to write a get. Therefore, our cause, Gentile courts, which have nothing to do with the halachos of Gitin, cannot write a get. So I will say the source of that invalidation is a biblical invalidation, and yet that is included in the list, to which the Gemara says, Be'ide Mesira, Ucharebi Elazar Da'amar Eide Mesira Karsi. No, because the Mishnah reflects whose view? The Mishnah reflects the view ultimately again 
of Rabbi Elazar, who says, <laughs> We touched on this machlokis a little bit already. We'll touch on it much more in the coming dapim, which is a fundamental machlokis as to Eide Mesira Karsi or Eide Chasima Karsi. Which Eidos actually validates the get? Is it, is it the, is it the Eidim who sign on the get? That's Eide Chasima Karsi. Or is it Eide Mesira? Good morning, Mr. Schoenfeld. Or is it the Eide Mesira? The witnesses who see, who witness the giving over of the get. Which of those actively go and vow the get there? So we'll say, take a look at Rashi in just a moment. Rabbi Elazar, you Amar Eide Mesira Karsi. Ve'in sarach lichtom beget. So the Gemara wants to now suggest something very interesting. That the case of our coast is fascinating. The case of our coast, the case of a get written in a Gentile court that will be kosher, is a case of where the get was written by a Jewish scribe, because according to Rabbi Elazar, if you hold Eide Mesira Karsi, the get itself must be written Lishma. So therefore, again, the get was written by a Jewish scribe, but it was signed by Gentile witnesses in a Gentile court. So I will say, if you hold Eide Mesira Karsi, then technically speaking, technically speaking, that get is technically kosher. Because as long as the primary writing was done by a Jewish scribe, Lishma, the signatures of the witness, you don't really need signatures of witnesses on the document itself. You just need Jewish witnesses to witness the giving over of the get. So listen to this. So therefore, the Gemara is suggesting is the following. When the Brayser says that a get, a, let's say, Gitinash and Shikurayavadim, written in Gentile courts, apostle, what type of psul is that? That's not a psul de Raisa, but a, a, it's a psul de Rabbanon. How is it a psul de Rabbanon? Because if you hold a Demisira Karsi, if you hold that it's the witnesses who witness the giving over of the get who affect the validity of the get, then in reality, as long as the scribe was Jewish, we don't really care who does or who doesn't sign on the get because you don't really even need signatures on the get. So in this case, you happen to have Gentile signatures. The halacha is, that get will be possible with the Rabbanon. Why is it possible with the Rabbanon? Because the rabbis were concerned that if there are Gentile signatures, if there are Gentile witnesses who sign on the get, one may come to rely on those witnesses at some point in time. And therefore, the rabbis ruled such a get to be rabbinically invalid, but biblically, it's technically kosher. So the Gemara says... So the Gemara says, uh, So therefore, I will say, remember, so therefore the, Gemara is, the Gemara is proving its assertion that the only comparisons we're making between Git and Asher and Shekhrui Avadim in this case are cases ultimately that are possible in the Rabbanon. We saw in the Seifa, I should say, we will see in the Seifa on, on Yudam Adbeis, that Rabbi Shimon says, even Giti Nashim and Shechri Avadim, written in our coast, written in Gentile courts, are in fact going to be kosher. And the way we explain Rabbi Shimon Shita is that Rabbi Shimon holds like Rabbi Lazar, who says, That we can infer from that that what? That the Tanakama, who is the Tan of our Mishnah, does not hold that way. In which case, again, Rabbi when the Mishnah says that that a gite noshim or shikri avodim that are done in our coast, that's talking about something that is possible midoraisa. If it's possible midoraisa, then it blows a hole in what we just said before. We said before that we're only discussing again situations that are possible midirabanon, but the psul of our coast over here seems to be a psul daraisa. 
top of Yud, Ika Beinaihu, the practical difference between them will be Shemos Mufakim. So to which the Gemara answers, both the Tanakama, the Tana of our Mishnah here, and Rabbi Shimon on Yud, Yud Amud Beis, both subscribe to the Shita of Rabbi Elazar, namely, Eide Mesira Karsi. Eide Mesira Karsi. And the issue, the issue at play over here is, what happens, so every, if you hold Eide Mesira Karsi, let's play this through. Eide Mesira Karsi means it's the witnesses who witness the giving over of the get to the woman who ultimately affect the validity of the get. Okay, so if that's the case, then I don't really even need witnesses to sign on the get at all, but they do, and therefore, technically speaking, Gentile witnesses who sign on the get do not impact the validity of the get. However, rabbinically, we will say that's what? Rabbinically, we'll say that the get is invalid because we're concerned that people may come to rely on the Gentile signatures in order to validate the get. Fine. This is what the Gemara says. Let's say you have a case of Shemos Muvhakim. So we'll say, we'll see this in t- actually tomorrow's daf. What's Shemos Muvhakim? Shemos Muvhakim are names that are clearly Gentile in nature. Right? So, uh, I don't know, today it's hard to, uh, you know, uh, Chris. I'm assuming, right? There aren't too many Jewish Chrises, right? So, so again, so, so you go ahead. Is that correct? So I say, listen to this case. Let's say you have signatures on the get that are clearly not Jewish. That are clearly not Jewish. So what's the status of the get? Take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Listen to this. So says the Gemara, says the Gemara, the Nafkamina will be our Tana in our Mishnah holds that even if the names are clearly Gentile and therefore no one's ever going to come to rely on them to validate the get, the get is still possible with the Rabbanan. Rabbi Shimon, on the other hand, who we'll see in Hashem a little bit later today, holds that if the names are clearly Gentile, therefore, again, there is no fear that anyone is ever going to rely on these names to validate the get, and therefore the get will be kosher even midirabonon. So the Gemara says, I have a chazara of the katani, but I will say one of the comparisons that we had between Gitei Noshim and Shechrui Avadim is that technically speaking, again, a husband could retract both of them. And yet, again, if the husband retracts the get, the get, the get or the get Shechrui, ultimately, again, that invalidates the get Midorai. So, and yet, it's still quoted in the list. To which the Gemara says, you're right. The only things Rabbi will say, that, the only comparisons that we're making between Gite Noshim and Shechru Avadim are situations or are factors that are, I should say, are cases that do not apply to Kiddushin. Cases that apply to Kiddushin as well, we do not go ahead and list as comparisons between Gite Noshim and Shechru Avadim. We'll say, take a look, a quick look at Rashi. Rashi says, El Kikatani Milsa Dalesa Bikidushin Kilomar, Kipar Khanam Lael Haika Bim Khubar Ulishma. So what the Gemara actually says over here now is, well, see, here's what's bothering the Gemara. 
The Gemara makes it sound like there are only three comparisons between Gitei Nashim and Shechurei Avadim. All the Gemara is pointing out is it's not true. It's clear that there are more than three areas, there are more than three common denominators between Shechurei Avadim and Gitei Nashim. To which the Gemara says, you're right, but we're only speaking about comparisons that fit into a certain framework. So at first we thought only a framework of Dirabana Nata so that doesn't work. Now the Gemara is suggesting is we're only speaking about comparisons that are unique to these two that don't apply to, let's say, Kiddushin. So we'll say, for example, the, mish, the first mission in Kiddushin says that there are three ways in which a man could be Mekadesh a woman, right? Kesef, Shtar, and Bia. So let's say a man is Mekadesh a woman with Shtar, with a document. So we'll say that document, interestingly enough, the Gemara is suggesting, has to be Lishma, has to be for the sake of this particular woman, and also cannot be written on something that is mechobar lekarka. So therefore the Gemara says when we're looking for comparisons between Gitei Nashim and Shechru Avadim, we're looking for comparisons that are unique to these two and not shared by other types of documents like Shtari Kiddushin. That's why, again, we're not including Lishma. That's why we're not including Mechobar. To which the Gemara says, Ay, But one second. But I will say, what about the fact that the husband has the ability, or the master has the ability, to retract Gitei Nashim and Shechru Avadim after he dispatches it with a Shliach? That also applies to Kiddushin, right? If a man dispatches a shtar for Kiddushin with his shaliach and then, and then cancels the shlichos, he has the ability to invalidate the Kiddushin like that, to which the Gemara says, B'shlichos ba'karcha to be'gerish in Isa or be'kiddushin lasa. So both say the fundamental distinction is that in Gerishin, both Gitin Hashem and Shechiri Avadim, so we will see these processes can take place against the will of the individuals. A man could divorce his wife against her will. A master could free his servant against his will. A man cannot be Mekadesh, a woman, ultimately against her will. So I'll say, so bottom line, Halakha Lama comes out from this sugya is, there are a number of different comparisons between Gitei Nashim and Shechurei Avadim. According to the Tanakama, there were three. According to Rabbi Meir, ultimately there were four. And even though technically speaking, there are more than three, or there are even more than four, the Gemara is only choosing to list certain circumstances or certain comparisons between Gitei Nashim and Shechurei Avadim that are unique by those two and don't apply in other cases. I will say, just also keep in mind the underlying machlokis over here between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Lazar, just about Ede Mesira Karsi or Ede Chasima Karsi. Again, we have not even seen that. It's actually, we're going to begin to see it in, in, on Ahmed Beis today, but that's going to be one of our major machlokisim in terms of what type of testimony actually creates the validity of the get. We, or we reflexively assume that it's the witnesses who sign on the shtar, the witnesses who sign on the document that create the validity of the get. We will see, I will say, Ashidas Rabbi Eliezer, that no, or Ashidas that it is the witnesses who witnessed the giving over of the get who actually attest to validity. But we'll see that. Says the Mishnah, Kol get kusi We'll say any get in which there is an eight kusi signed on it, they get its puzzle. So we'll say we've spoken about the kusim already many times. Remember again, converts whose conversion ultimately was always a little bit suspect. 
only because they were still worshipping idolatry even after their conversion, and therefore it was not immediately clear if they were truly Jewish or not. Therefore, again, if you have a get in which you have an eight kusi, the get itself is possible. Rashi says, Eid kusi possible, the chashidi aedus sheker, because they are chashud, they are, we suspect them of lying. Chutz mm-hmm. Also, with the exception of or even if you have an eight kusi, the get will still be kosher. tells a story that one time they brought a get before Rabbi Gamliel in Kfar Osnoi, it was a get Isha, and there were Eide Kusim, there were witnesses who were Kusim who were signed on it, and Rabbi Gamliel said that the get was kosher. All right, we'll have to explain that story. Says the Gemara, Mani Masnisin, whose opinion does a Mishnah affect? This is fascinating. Lo Tanakama, Velo Rabbi Lazar, Velo Rabbi Shim Ben So the Mishnah is not the Tanakama, it's not Rabbi Lazar, and it's not Rabbi Shim Ben Now, what does that mean, Abosai? Listen to this. This is really amazing. This Sanya. Matzah's Kusi. Abosai, let's say a Kusi makes Shmura Matzah. Right? Let's say a Kusi makes Shmura Matzah. So the Shaila is, Vaad Matzah's Kusi Muteras. So the Matzah of a Kusi is Mutter. Vaadam Yotse Ba Yedei Chavasa Bepasach. And a person could fulfill his obligation on Pesach. Now, I will say, take a look at Rashi for just a moment. This is amazing. Rashi says, Matzah's kusi muteris. There's two different statements that are being made over here. What does it mean that the matzah of a kusi is mutter? So Rashi says, Pesach l'achila, falo chayshinu shama hechnitza. So I will say, when it says that it's mutter, it means that we assume that the matzah of a kusi is not chametz. That's number one. Next, Look at the next Rashi. A person could fulfill his obligation with it on Pesach. Says Rashi, What so listen to this. This is just a general important halacha to know. You know, people often wonder, so I don't stand, why do I have to spend $22 a pound on Shemura Matzah, right? So my, my Yehuda Matzos are also, are also Kashal Pesach, so why can't I use those? So first of all, you should know, it's not so Pashat. Halachically, according to many, you can use those. You shouldn't, but you, but you technically can use them if a person is, doesn't have anything else. The idea is that shmura matzah has to be shmura, has to be guarded. Machlokis as it's shmura mishas ktsira, shmura mishas techina, but let's assume for a moment it has to be guarded from the time that the wheat is harvested, that it doesn't come in contact with any kind of water. What the Tanakama is saying over here is not only is the matzah of a kusi not chametz, but the matzah of a kusi is kasha for shmura matzah. That we believe that the kusi ultimately again properly guarded the wheat from the time that it was harvested, that it would not come in any contact with water and therefore can be used to discharge my biblical obligation of matzah on the leil haseder. On the leil haseder. That's the Tanakama. Rabbi Elazar Omer, Rabbi Elazar Oser, Lefi She'in Bekin Betik Duke Mitzvos. Rabbi Elazar says you can't use their matzah. You can't use their matzah. Rabbi Elazar is prohibiting it on all counts. It's chametz, and you can't go ahead and use it for Shmura Matzi. Either why? 
because kusim are not meticulous with the details of mitzvos. Rabbi Shimon on the other, Rabbi Shimon says, one second. Kol mitzvah shech ziku bakusim. Listen to this. Kol mitzvah shech ziku bakusim harbe harbe medaktikin ba yoser mi Yisrael. So we'll say Rabbi Shimon on says it depends. Kusim, they're like smorgasbord Jews. So what happens? So they like this. They don't like that. They'll take a little bit of this. No thank you for that. But whatever they do take, whatever they do, they're exceptionally meticulous. So I will say, so here you have a three-way maklokas about the matzah of a kusi. Tanakam is saying, absolutely kashal Pesach, and you can even use it for the seder. Rabbi Elozer is saying, absolutely chametz, can't use it at all. Rabbi Shimon says, it depends. Are kusim meticulous with the mitzvah of matzah? If so, their matzah is kosher. If they're not meticulous, then their matzah is not kosher. To which the Yerash says, money. So whose opinion does our Mishnah Remember, what did our Mishnah say? Our Mishnah said that any get that has an eighth kusi on it is possible, except for gite nashim and shechri avadims. Whose opinion does our Mishnah reflect? So the Tanakama seems to generally validate Kusim. So if it's a Tanakama, the signature of a Kusi as an eight should be good, even on other documents, other than Gitei Nashim and Shechurei Avadim. So the Gemara says, E Rabbi Elazar, Afilu get isha namilo. And if it's Rabbi Elazar, then Abosai, again, Rabbi Elazar seems to invalidate Kusim altogether. And therefore, again, even if they sign on a get on Gitein Hashem, it should also not be good. Vi'i Rabbi Shemeng Amil, Ida Achzik Afilu Shashtaras Nami, Vi'ida Lo Achzik Afilu Get Isha Namilo. And Abosai Kedr Rabbi Shemeng Amil, Rabbi Shemeng Amil's approach is what? We have to see. Are they meticulous? Are they not meticulous? So if they're meticulous when they sign on Shtaros, then their signature should be valid on all Shtaros. And if they're not meticulous on this unsigning Shtaros, then their signature should not be valid even on Gitei Nashim. To which Sarbos said, whose opinion? Sarbos says, maybe you'll say, the Mishnah reflects the view of Rabbi Shemeng Amliel, and it must be the following situation. Kusim are meticulous with the laws of Gittin. And therefore, again, because they're meticulous with the laws of Gittin, they are believed in the realm of Gittin. And that's why if an eight Kusi signs on a get, we believe that a signature is valid. But in other areas of Shtaros, they're not meticulous. To which the Gemara says, if that's the case, if that's the case, that, that really Kusim are meticulous in the realm of Gittin, just not meticulous in the other, in the other areas of Shtaros, then what? Why does the Mishnah only validate the signature of what? Of one eight kusi. Let it be what? Even two eight, eight day kusim, right? Again, if they're meticulous, then they're meticulous. Then even if both eidim who are kusim, it should be okay. Alama Omar Rabbi Elazar, echad kusi bilvad. Why is it then that we paskin, or why is it then that according to the Mishnah, we only say that only one eight kusi is going to be valid? To which the Gemara says, the Olam Rabbi Elazar. The truth is, what's the case? The case over here really is that the Mishnah is reflecting the view of Rabbi Elazar. Now, what's the Rabbi Elazar? Rabbi Elazar says that in general, Kusim are invalid because they're not believed. They don't have a cheskas kashros. So how could Rabbi Elazar allow an aid Kusi to sign on the get? To listen to this. Ukigon techasim Yisrael lebasof. I will say, what's the case? Look at Rashi before you turn the page. Rashi says, Kigon de Chasim Yisrael, Eid Hasheni. So I will say, there are two witnesses signing on the get. One is a Kusi, one is a Yisrael. The Yisrael, the second aid, signs underneath the Eid Kusi. 
Signs underneath the eighth So what's the pshat? What does that mean? Listen to this. Amud Beis. This is amazing. The e lav the kusi chaver hava because I will say were it not that the ku, the kusi was a chaver. Chaver in this context means were it not for the fact that this Yisrael knew that the kusi was a reliable individual lo machtim le mikame. He would not have allowed him to sign first. The fact that the kusi is signed first and that again the Yisrael signed second indicates that the kusi must be someone of standing. Take a look at Rashi. Were it not that the kusi was a kosher, the Yisra would not have, bless you, would not have allowed him to sign first. To which the Gemara says, okay. Ihachi afilu shar staros nami. So, okay, first of all, I, 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 we understand that argument. It sounds like a pretty sound argument. Again, if the Israel signing second, it means that he saw the Kusi sign, and therefore, again, he's still willing to sign on the document, which the mice, again, must mean that he knows that the Kusi is kosher. So if that's the case, why should this halacha be unique to Gittin? Why don't we say that by any shtar, that as long as the Yisrael signed second, which means he allowed the kusi to sign before him, that by itself attests to the validity of this kusi as an aid, to which the Gemara says, no, 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 because by other shtaros, ema, ela, emrinon, ravcha, shavak, lemande, kashish, mine. So we'll say, because by other shtaros, I would say, that the reason the Yisrael signed second was why? Because there were other people around, and he thought that another Yisrael was going to be appointed ultimately again to sign as a witness as well. That other Yisrael was older than him, and therefore he left space on top for ultimately an older person to sign. Out of deference to the older individual, he was just so you should know, this will get into this, but this is a fascinating discussion in general in terms of signing shtaros. Is someone permitted to be deferential to someone else and sign second, leaving space on the top? It's an interesting din in shtaros, which we'll discuss. In any event, what the Gemara is suggesting over here is that by other shtaros, the fact that the Israel signed second is not a raya because maybe he wasn't leaving room for the kusi. Maybe there was another elderly Jew over there who he thought was going to sign, and therefore is leaving leaving space for the elderly Jew to sign, not the Kusi. And when it turns out that the Kusi signed, the Sisra's second signature is not a shtempo on the signature on the Kusi. If that's the case, I don't say it says the Gemara, Hacha nami, ravcha shavak leman de kashish mimei. So why don't you say anything by getting them? I don't understand. If, that, if, that's your, if that's your argument for saying that the signature of a Yisrael under an eight Kusi doesn't work ultimately again by Shashtaros, because the concern is that maybe the Yisrael signed second because he thought there was another Jew who was signing on top of a Jew who was older than him, and therefore again, the signature of the Jew second does not validate the signature of the Kusi above him. Why don't you make that same argument by Gitein Hashem as well? Oh, to which the Gemara says, Amur Papa. Zosomeres Ede Haget Ein Chosmin Ze Beloza. Oh, Rabosi, so says that Papa, because you see, bless you, because you see a very important Yisod, which is what? Which is that Lamaisa, again, when it comes to a get, the witnesses on Gitten cannot sign. The witnesses for a get only sign in the presence of one another. Rabosi, take a look at Rashi for just a moment over here. Zosomeres. Masnisin the machshir beget upasl b'shar shtaros. So it was a our mishnah that allows for an eight kusi to sign and with the Yisrael and says that that's kosher, but passes by other shtaros. 
teaches us that the Eidi Haget only sign in the presence of one another. Therefore, I will say, because by Gittin, the witnesses must sign within the presence of one another. Therefore, the Yisrael saw the Kusi sign first, and he still decided to sign second. And were it not that the Yisrael knew that the Kusi was a Chavar, that he was trustworthy, the Yisrael would not have signed under him. Isn't this amazing? This is amazing, no? Incredible, thank you. Right? So this is fascinating because this is a fundamental din in Shtaros. What the Gemara is saying is like this, when it comes to Gittin, there's no such thing as... Okay, I'll take the get to aid number one. He'll sign. Thank you very much. I'm going to take a allocation for aid number two. The aidim of the get must sign within the presence of one another. Therefore, again, in that case, where aid number one is a kusi, aid number two is Yisrael, Yisrael is only going to sign if what? If he knows that kusi is a valid upstanding. Because I will say, you should know in general, what's driving this is, the Gemara automatically assumes people never want to put their names are invalid shtaros, on invalid documents. Why? Because if it turns out that the document is invalid, it erodes your credibility. Therefore, again, if I'm going to put my signature on something, I'm going to know who that guy is on the top line. So even though that guy is a kusi, the fact that I'm signing under tell says that I know that he's kosher. But I say, says the Gemara over here, when it comes to other shtaros, so there is not a din that the witnesses have to sign in the presence of one another. Therefore, again, if I'm with a group of people and the, the Balashtar asks me to sign, and I see there's an elderly Jew next to me, I assume he's going to ask him next. So what happens? I sign second because I want to leave out of deference to the older individual. I leave the room, and then it turns out that's what? That the Balashtar asks the Kusi to sign. I may never even know about that. Why? 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 Because I'm not obligated to be there when the other witness signs. Therefore, suggest the Gemara where you have an eight kusi and then second signature Yisrael by a get. And the truth is, you see, by based on this, it doesn't even matter if the Yisrael signature is first or second. Because by Gittin, by Gittin, at the end of the day, but second is even better. But at, by Gittin, at the end of the day, witnesses cannot sign out in the presence of... Witnesses must sign in the presence of one another. By Shash Daros not. To which the Gemara says, by the way, my timer, why is it that by Gin, witnesses must sign in the presence of one another? Amravashi, Gizera Mishum Kulchem. I will say, we'll actually see this case. This is, this is an incredible case. The, the case of Kulchem, where a man says to a group of people, Kulchem Kisvu Get Ishti, all of you, let's say he says to a group of 10 people, I want all of you to write a get. So the Gemara says, what, what do we do with that statement? So the way the Gemara interprets the statement is, that one person writes, everyone else signs as Edim. So we'll say, in a case of Kulchem, everyone must sign in the presence of one another. So the Gemara essentially says, in order to avoid any confusion, in all cases of Gittin, we make the witnesses sign in the presence of one another. Gufa, Amr Echad Kusi Bilvad. So we'll say, so remember again, Rebbe Lazar said, Rebbe Lazar said, that we only, even though we allowed by the use of an eight kusi, we only allow the use of one eight kusi. 
That's it. One eight kusi per get, not more than one. So the says, "My kamash malon." So what is it coming to teach? Just Tanina, we learned this in the Mishnah. Kol get sheishalad eight kusi pasul. We'll say, what did the Mishnah say? Any get, any document that has an eight kusi on it is pasul. Chutz migitin Hashem shkreivadim. So the Mishnah said explicitly that even when it comes to migitin Hashem shkreivadim, all that is permitted is what is one eight kusi. To which the Gemara says, "Imas nisin have amina filu because from the Mishnah I could have said that really the Mishnah is actually saying that even two kusim are permitted on a get. But v'hadik tanichad mishum debishtaros afilu chad namilo. The only reason the Mishnah wrote one is to teach me that even one is problematic ultimately again by other shtaros. Kamash Malabos, I know that the Mishnah is teaching me that all, even by giti nashim and shechurei avadim, where an eight kusi is kasher, it's only what. Only one eight kusi per get or per shikra avadim, but not two. So the Gemara says, Utrelo, is that true? You can't have two eight in kusim. You know, the Mishnah was very strange because after the Mishnah says you could use one eight kusi, so what does the Mishnah say? The Mishnah tells a maisa, tells a story. They brought a get of Rabbi Gamil and Kfarosnoi, and what happened? There were two eight kusim on the get. And yet, Rabbi Gamliel said that what? That it was kosher. So as it says, the Gemara, Amr Abaye, Tani Eido. So we'll say, so don't read it as, Vahayu Eidov Eidikusim. Rather read it as, Tani Eido. There was an Eidikusi. One Eidikusi. Rabbi Amr says, no, no, no. That's not what it says. The Olam trait. It's not true. The story of Rabbi Gamliel was with a get that had two Eidikusim on it. And what happened? Rabbi Gamliel, Miflik Palik. Rabbi Gamil is arguing on the first part of the Mishnah. Here's how the Mishnah is supposed to be. So we'll say the first part of the Mishnah says that how many kusim are kosher on a get? It's not a joke. Right? How many kusim? Right? It's one kusi maximum per get. Right? All you could have is maximum one eight kusi. And what happens? The Mishnah then says, Rabbi Gamil says, no, you could even have two eight day kusim. On a get, and the Gemara even tells a story to back up that assertion of Rabbi Gamliel. And the Mishnah actually tells a story where ultimately, again, where ultimately, um, where, where ultimately they, were, they brought a get to Rabbi Gamliel and Kfar Osnai, and there were two witnesses who were kusim on the get, and Rabbi Gamliel paskin that the get was. Kosher. So, we'll say, so again, obviously, we don't have the case of kusim today, but the interesting question in terms of kashrus of edim, meaning what type of people are kosher to sign on a get, we're going to do that in a, in a later sugya, but just understand that this sugya opens the, opens the door for that, but you see clearly, you show, so the Rambam Paskins, like the Tanakhama, not like Rabbi Gamliel, so the Rambam says that technically speaking, if you have one eight kusi, ultimately on the get, the get will be kosher which already tells us that there is some level of imperfection of edus allowed on a get. Now, both say all of this is mishum iguna akilu barabonon, right? All of this is in order to go ahead and to relax certain standards in order to prevent aguna situations recurring. In other words, that once a couple has decided to divorce, our job, the halacha's job, is to make the process as easy as possible for the woman to get her get. Of course, again, 
The major sugya upon which all of this hinges is, do we paskin Ede Mesira or Ede Chasima Karsi? Obviously, if you paskin Ede Mesira Karsi, it's the witnesses who witness the giving over of the get, then the truth is what? Signatures on the get are not really necessary altogether. So again, there's a lot of stuff going on over here right now, so you'll just keep it all in mind. But I will tell you one piece of halacha that does come out from this, is that we paskin that the witnesses who sign on the get must sign within the presence of one another. So we'll say you can't draft again and take it from witness to witness to witness, but rather the witnesses must be together and must sign in the presence of one another. Mishnah. Well, another interesting case. All shtaros that are written in Gentile courts, even though, Rabosai, even though the signatures on it are Gentiles, the shtaros are k'sherim, chutz migiti noshev v'shechri avadim. Rabosai, with the exception, ultimately, again, of giti noshev v'shechri avadim, which, so, the Gemara says, Rabbi Shimon, Omer, af ilu k'sherim. Rabosai, Rabbi Shimon says that even giti noshev and shechri avadim that are done in Gentile courts are kosher. Rabosai, it's amazing. El, he says, lo huskru elo bizman shenasu behedjot. The only problem we'll say is when, is if a Gita and Ashur and Shekhrayavadim are done by a head yot. Head yot, Rashi says, is Ayyadeh Ovdi Kochavim Head Yotos Sheinan Danyonim. So Rabbi Shimon says that if Gita and and Shekhrayavadim are done by Gentile judges in a Gentile court, the document stands. The problem is if you go to your Gentile neighbor and say, listen, do you mind, you have a couple of minutes this after Sunday afternoon, would you mind just drafting a get for me? That's going to be where the problem is. But I will say, this is a, this is a mind-blowing shita. So Shimon actually says that even Gite Nashim Shekhevadim that are drafted in Gentile courts ultimately will be kosher. Says the Gemara, Kaposik Vitani. I will say, let's just at least start this because this is a really fascinating sugya. Kaposik Vitani. Now, I will say, remember, what was the first part of the Mishnah? First part of the Mishnah made it sound like all shtaros, all documents that are executed in a Gentile court are kosher. So the Gemara says, Kaposek v'tani, loshna mecher, v'loshna matana. Now, the Mishnah seems to validate all types of shtaros. It doesn't make a difference if it's a shtar mecher or a shtar matana, a document of sale or a gift document. Now, it says the Gemara, let's analyze this. Bishlama mecher, mechiyayv zuzikamai hudikana, so I understand why what we call a shtar mecher. We'll say, what's a shtar mecher? Shtar mecher is a bill of sale. Right? A contract, a contract of sale. We'll say, now generally, again, if you're going to buy property, so property, so remember, property is bought with money. So the assumption is that if a Gentile court is going ahead and writing a document of sale, what does that mean? It means they saw the transaction occur. In other words, they saw the money change hands, and they saw, again, the buyer give the seller money. And we'll say, in this case, again, so remember, it's the money that affects the actual transaction. The document itself is only what? Is only proof of transaction. It's what we call what we call a shtaraya. It's just the proof that the sale actually occurred. So I understand why if that document is drafted in a Gentile court, it will be kashuara bosai. Because remember, Gentile, the, Gemara, the Gemara is operating on a very interesting assumption, which is what? That Gentile courts are just. Right? That's, that, that, again, and the reason for that is because non-Jews, B'nai Noach, one of the Sheva Mitzvahs B'nai Noach is what? To set up a Batei Din. To set, up a, to set up a judicial system. So we're assuming right now that the Gentile judicial system is just as well. So therefore, again, 
judges are not going to record a deed of sale unless, of course, what? Unless, of course, what? They saw the transaction executed in front of them. Because also, I remember, again, the Gentile, the Gentile judicial system also has to make sure that its honor and its integrity is intact. So unless, of course, they saw money change hands, they are not going to record any document. Therefore, I understand, I understand why the shtar will be kosher. Elamatona. If I'm giving a gift to someone, so how is a gift conveyed? A gift is conveyed, ownership of a gift is conveyed, how say? Through a shtar. Through a shtar, that's what happens. A shtar matona, I write up a shtar. So, but I both say, again, when it comes to Matana, Rashi says over here, listen to this. So when it comes to a Matana, I both say, the way a Matana is conveyed is like this. Let's say I want to gift you something. But I want to gift you, I want to gift you uh, my, uh, my, my summer home in Florida. But we're, but we're going ahead, but we're in Baltimore. So how do I gift you something that is not here? How do I gift you something? Through a star, in which case Rabbi say again, that star is the mechanism of conveyance, right? That star. So you hear the difference? There are two different types of staros. It's called a star raya. Star raya means what? All that star does is it attests to a transaction that occurred. So I want to buy your house. I'm going to give you the money. The fact that I gave you the money that's recorded in the star. But the star is not the mechanism of conveyance. The star just tells me what happened. That's different than a shtar matana. Because what does the shtar matana do? The shtar matana is actually the shtar that allows for the transaction to occur. Says the Gemara, I understand if you want to tell me that a shtar raya drafted by a Gentile court should work. I got it. But how could a shtar matana work? That means, again, it's the Gentile court that is actually allowing for the transaction to occur. Is that really possible? The Gemara literally says, Why should a star of conveyance hold any water if it's drafted by a Gentile court? It should be just like a pottery shard. To which Shmuel says, it does work. You know why it works, Abosai? Because we abide by the laws of the land, which means that we abide by the court systems of the land as well. And because of that, therefore, again, even the Shtar Matana that is drafted by the courts of the land ultimately is a valid Shtar, and therefore the transaction will be valid. The other possibility is Vibay Seima, Tani Chutz Mikigiti Nashim. I both said the second answer is, you know what, it doesn't work. Chutz Mikigiti Nashim means Chutz Mikigiti Nashim. I will say that. What does that mean? The Mishnah is only validating any star that is only like a star raya. But any star that is like Giti So what does it mean, Giti Just like a get is a star that affects a transaction. In this case, the transaction is divorce. So, so too, again, any, transa- any star that affects a transaction will not be kosher in our cause. Will not be kosher in So both side, we end off over here. I'm going to leave you on this cliffhanger with a fundamental machlokas. Here's what everybody agrees. Don't really have to stop. Everybody agrees. Everybody agrees that a shtaraya, a document that just attests to the fact that a transaction occurred, such a, such a shtar is kosher when it comes from a Gentile court. What's the machlokas? What happens if it's not a shtaraya, but it's what we'll call a transactional shtar? It's a star that actually, the star itself affects the transaction, like a matana, like a get. So I will say, second opinion says, those type of staros do not work when they are ultimately, again, affected in 
when they are drafted or when they are written in Gentile courts, they only work in Beisdin. Other opinion will say no, they even work in Gentile courts. Why? Because Dina de Malchusa Dina. And Abbas said the Rush has a whole arichus over here, which maybe we'll touch on tomorrow a little bit, about when we say Dina de Malchusa Dina, when we don't say Dina de Malchusa Dina, Merit Hashem to be continued tomorrow. I'm sorry? I know.